Welcome back to Unbuckled. On this week's episode, we have on the top goalie in the Premier Cross League, Blaze Reardon. Coming off his second season as goalie of the year for the Chaos Across Club, Blaze gives us to us straight about the goalie position and the lack of respect it gets in 2021. We also get the untold story of Blaze's conversation with Matt Gaudet after he trash-talked him on live television. Let's jump into episode eight of Unbuckled with the goalie of the year, Blaze Reardon. Blaze, what's shaking, my guy? What's up, Jules? How we feeling? I'm feeling good. How you doing? Good, good. Enjoying the holidays at home. Yeah, where you posted up at? Where's home right now? Uh, Rochester, New York. Get to see my brother and my mom and my dad and a couple of my friends, but trying to stay low and, you know, stay healthy, but feels good to be home. boy. It's good to see you. I haven't seen you in a little bit. I know. Um, we're both on the East Coast. First time in a while. <laughs> You're that West Coast kid now. Yes, sir. Well, let's jump. Let's jump right into it. It's been a uh, been a whirlwind of a week for you a little bit with the rankings coming out and some of the stuff that you were saying on, on social media, which, you know, I respect. I know where you're coming from with it, but I just want to read the caption. First one came out, said, talk about validation. I do both. I know what's real. The cross goalies don't get the respect they deserve. Can you do what we do? Real recognizes real. There's a reason win or lose. You come up to us, respect the position. That was your first one. Your second, or that might have been your second one. First one was grateful forever, but put some respect on this position. Should I wear less pads than anyone on the field? No one does it. No one wants to do it. Only position that plays every minute and finds a position and find a position with a bigger impact on the game. I do what y'all do in the winter on a smaller net, but it won't matter what we do. It's about the goals. Do what we do. Talk to me. What's going on, Blaze? Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I'm, I don't speak my mind often on social media and, um, you know, I think it's a great platform for the sport and um, there's a lot of BS that goes on on it. But, um, you know, I kind of had a feeling what was coming out. And um, if you notice in either caption, none of them were really about me. It was all about the goalie position. And um, I care. I compared a lot to alignment in football. You know, um, everyone wants to see the quarterback throw the football. Everyone wants to see the receivers catch. But at the end of the day, the linemen are in the trenches every play. They don't get a playoff. And um, I kind of feel like that's the lacrosse goalie position. And um, it's not often talked about. And I think it's one of the hardest jobs in the league. And then you go out and these rankings are, you know, they come out with these rankings. And in my head, I'm trying to figure out what the rankings are based off of. Because for me, I'm going off of impact a player has in a game. Mm -hmm. And... Um, I think the goalie position is one of the most impactful positions on the field at all times. And, you know, I feel personally that I've been doing it at a high level and um, I just wanted to make it known, you know, being the only guy in the entire universe at this current moment that plays at the highest level um, in the PLL as a goalie and then in the NLL as a forward and offensive player. Um, I feel like I have the best perspective on it because I do do both and um, you know, I got a lot of DMs and, you know, love from a lot of goalies saying that they appreciate the goalie love. And mm -hmm. um, I just think it's important for people to realize that it's probably one of the hardest positions in any sport. And, um, you know, you have two attackmen in the top five, um, a midfielder, an LSM and a faceoff guy. And it's weird to me that, you know, and every guy in that top five deserves it. And there's guys in our league that I think are snubs and I want, I never want to take anything away from anyone. These are all my friends. I respect all of them, but you know, to me, that's showing me, you're saying that the best 
LSM in, in the world. You know, Earhart was ranked the number one LSM. Nardella was ranked the number one face-off guy. You know, the number one midfielder was Tom Sharp, but the number one attackman was Matt Rambo. You're saying that those four positions, since I'm the best goalie, you know, I won goalie of the year. That's it what matters I was more. Scoring. That's what they're saying. Matters You're more saying than, that those yeah. are, you know, the best players in those positions are, you know, ranked higher than the position that I play in. You know, for me, you know, going two and two in a game is super important, but, you know, having 18 saves and, you know, a handful of transition opportunities and, you know, being the general of a defense, I think is, you know, has a bigger impact on the game. And I just want to make sure, you know, people read it loud and clear and, you know, I got that upstate grit to me. I, I tell it how it is. So um, I decided to throw, you know, just a small dagger at some of those offensive guys that maybe <laughs> ranked me ranked me a little higher than I deserve that I can be. And just wanted to let them know that, you know, I see what you guys do and I can do that too because I do it on a smaller net, you know, with, with bigger goalies. But I just want to see you guys come and try to do what I do. And if you can do that, maybe I'll respect your opinion a little more. And, and it, it, you know, I'm grateful, grateful forever, man. Those are some big names to be next to. And, you know, it's always motivation. And, you know, at the end of the day, the most important thing is people respect this position. And um, from a competitor standpoint, the ranking's great. I appreciate what my peers bring to me. But for me, it's always a competition of, uh, against myself. And I won goalie of the year um, in 2019. And in 2020, it was great to win goalie of the year again. But you know, what I'm always trying to do is I'm trying to always be better than I was last year. And I averaged more saves per game and my save percentage was higher. So, um, you know, my goal for next year is definitely to beat myself. It's always about beating myself. So, um, you know, just throwing it out there for the people to realize, but it's all love, you know, I yeah, just nice. did it. I did it in a way that, you know, caught people's attention. It's real shit. When did, uh, when that start up, like, when did you feel, you know, that passion enough to be like, you know, this is something I want to kind of speak up about and kind of stand on. Has it, has it always been around and you kind of just got the confidence to speak on it or is it more of a, a thing that's developed more lately? No, it's always been in the back of my head. And, um, you know, I, I take a step back sometimes and, you know, I always focus on, you know, I, I do so much behind the scenes and, you know, I, I donate a lot of my time to coaching and doing clinics and, you know, reaching out to people, not on a social media platform for everyone to see. And, you know, the, the sport's taken off rapidly and, you know, the face-off guys, especially guys like Joe Nardella, Greg Gurnley and Baptiste, Tommy Kelly, you know, all these guys are making huge brands for themselves and huge businesses, you know, based on the position. And now you see face-off stuff everywhere. And the X-Attack position has always been a huge position in our sport. And, you know, guys are starting to bring these positions to life. And um, as a goalie, you know, I feel like there's a lot more to be done and, you know, being where I am in my career and, you know, be, been going through a lot. I think it's, you know, my turn to kind of take a role and to step up and guys like Adam, Adam Gittleman and Scotty Rogers and some of the vets of our league have really done a good job, you know, on social media and providing these goalies outlets and stuff. But um, as I mentioned, it's one of the hardest positions I believe in a sport you're only expected to make 50% of your saves. Your number's 50%. So just to provide an outlet and, you know, for goalies to be able to go on an Instagram and see stuff about lacrosse goalie and the passion that I have towards it, I just hope it motivates them and, you know, makes them feel like, you know, at times the the bruises, the bumps and the bruises and, you know, getting lit up every once in a while is going to be worth it. And, 
you know, I'm here for you and um, just kind of open it up in that way. That's dope. I think it's definitely something that's needed. I haven't, you know, seen too many guys go out of their way like you have um, on social media. Like I know Scotty is, is one that's pretty vocal about things. Um, but kind of just to stand up for the position a little bit more, like you're saying with, with the face-off situations, it's, it's pretty cool and it's needed um, in the sport. And I think you set a, a pretty unique example being a guy that, that plays box um, and also plays field. Um, and, you know, I, I, you, you touched on one thing about the rankings, which I want to go back on a little bit. You know, something that I've, I've been wondering a little bit is kind of how guys perceive the rankings and how they judge players. Is it, you know, based on body of work? Is it based on, you know, how you played specifically in the PLL? Is it based on how you played this championship series? Um, I think that there's a little bit of inconsistency with that. And I think it kind of, you know, affects the rankings a bit. I wanted to get your thoughts on on how you, you know, went about it and how, how you're specifically judging guys. Yeah, so um, that's a great point. And my, my, biggest, um, my biggest factor is impact. Who has the biggest impact on a game? And um, at our level, at the professional level, um, every team scouts the game before and there's certain guys that are on that chalkboard and on that scouting report that are key guys that you know get a little extra attention and mm-hmm. you have to game plan for and Rambo is one of those guys and Shriver is one of those guys and you know all these guys are and for Nardella where we line up on our face off so we can't get fast break opportunities and we have to be aware because he's an offensive threat so you know my biggest thing is who draws the biggest impact. And then um, I also go off consistency. Um, and it, it's, I think where the line is a little blurred is the fact that this is only our second season, you know, with a new start in the premier lacrosse league. So I don't know if some of these guys um, base it off previous careers, you know, in the MLL and who's been doing it the longest, but you know, my biggest thing is, is impact on the game. And, and, and that's it because at the end of the day, you know, nothing else should really matter besides how impactful you are for helping your team win game in and game out. And, you know, just going back to where I was, it was just, you know, if you look at it, you can look at it either way. You can look at it. People love to watch goal scores. Zed Williams, you know, took over the championship game and won his team a championship, you know, and there's no reason that he shouldn't be in the top five, but now you have two attackmen in the top five. You have Matt Rambo, and you have Zed Williams. So you have two of the guys in the same position. You know, one has to be ranked one, and one has to be ranked the second-best attackman. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't say they're tied. One's better than the other. So you're saying the first and the second-ranked attackman, you know, that second-ranked guy is ranked over the first goalie. So to me, it's like they're on the same line. So it was just like a line that, you know, I couldn't fully wrap my head around and – um. You know, it, it, and it's great that the PLL does it. It brings up a lot of, you know, controversy and a lot of social media. And um, I think the reason that it affected me the most, you know, and it really caught my attention is the fact that it's guys in our league. And I think these rankings are, you know, some of the most legit rankings they have. They're not done by someone through inside lacrosse that's not in the locker room, not playing in the games. You know, you have to really be inside these locker rooms and be between the lines to to feel someone's impact on a game and to know what they're all about um, and be, be around it to know. So that's kind of why, you know, this one really struck home that um, they're, they were unable to put a, a goalie in the top five and it could have very well has been Kyle Burnlor. And it was great to see him in the top 10 this year as well. But, you know, you look at the body of the work, the body of work that we've done these last couple of years and, you know, it's just hard to, 
to see not one goalie in the top five the last two years. You bring up Kyle, you know, how, how do you look at someone like Kyle? He's leading arguably the best defense, if not the best defense in the league, back-to-back champions. What's to say that he wouldn't be ranked over you? How do you judge that? Is it, is it based on wins? Is it based on how many saves you get? Is his defense putting him in better positions not to get the same saves you're getting? How do you kind of quantify that? Listen, I tell, I tell, him, I tell him every time I see him, we're business partners. He's one of my good friends. We have a great relationship where we're competitive to the point where he knows I want to be the best and I know he wants to be the best. And I tell him every time I would trade, you know, I would trade, you know, his two championships for my two goalie of the year, any day of the year. And it's important. And that's always been my message and it will always continue to be my message. But when we dig into stuff like that, um, you know, it's one of those things that I know what I can do. And I think Kyle has been one of the most consistent goalies, you know, even through his MLL career right out of college. Um, He's won championships in the MLL. He's won back to back. He's played consistent. Very rarely do you see him play a bad game. So his consistency, you know, is something that you could always argue um, being that I've, I've had a couple bad games. I had a bad game against the Chrome. I think I went under 50%, you know, and I don't know if Kyle's gone under 50% in his PLL career, but um, at the same time, the volume of shots that, that I'm seeing um, are far more than Kyle. You know, mm-hmm. I make a lot more saves and have a lot more shots on that. And um, that's my argument towards me. And then um, our style of play, you know, kind of um, it, it runs off of run and gun. And a lot of that's done in transition. And, you know, I lead the league in clean saves. And I, uh, I usually get the ball out of my stick and up the field the quickest out of any goalie producing transition opportunities. So, you know, I think along with the saving aspect, just, you know, what I'm able to do to fuel our offense um, in that sense, you know, puts me, puts me where I am today. And um, there's nothing but respect for him. And um, I'll continue to argue this for the goalie standpoint. This league is, you know, designed the way that the field's designed, right? They, the, in the former pro lacrosse league, the two point line was 16 yards away. Now it's 15 yards away. I know a yard doesn't seem like much, but that favors the shooters. The fields are smaller, (laughs) right? The fields are smaller. What does that do? You know, that puts offensive guys closer to you. It makes it more run and gun. It gives them more shot opportunity. You lower the shot clock down from 60 seconds to 52 seconds. Now they have to shoot eight seconds left. You're going to see more shots. Um, You know, the face-off rules with guys not being able to hold the ball, like the ball's getting in. There's just so many more opportunities, and and they all favor the offense. So to be a goalie in this league is one of the hardest yeah, things. Fuck you guys. And, you know, it's one of the hardest things. And and I and I and in my first tweet that I ever sent out about this position, you know, looking for a little respect was after our training camp and IMG our inaugural uh, year when we went down to IMG and played for about five days straight, and we were having two-a-day practices. And I remember looking at my body with the bruises and going home with a broken finger. And, and I, and I said it, I said, I respect every goalie that went through, um, you know, this PLL training camp, because Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter how you perform. The fact that you were able to step in there and do that is much respect to you because I know there's a lot of guys that are out there that wouldn't even consider that. So, you know, just some things to keep in perspective, you know, when guys are going through ranking people. You know, let's talk about the other goalies. Can you, can you kind of give one unique thing you think 
stands out from each of the starters in the league. I know you talked a little bit about your thing. I think outlet passes for you are a huge differentiator. Um, a guy like Ken Cannon, uh, you know, being able to save the ball point blank on the crease. Can you can you just talk about one or two things that each one of those guys kind of bring to the table that's different from the rest? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, for me, Kyle, um, he's a general out there and his uh, knowledge, his lacrosse IQ of the game, um, along with the guys that he has in front of him, he puts his defense and he puts offenses in tough positions and his consistency. I, me- I mentioned that earlier. I don't think Kyle's had a game under 50% in the PLL. And, you know, at, at times you think and you're like, wow, that that's a really insane stat. And then you move on to a guy like Jack and Cannon who makes point blank saves and is willing to throw his body, you know, extremely explosive and, you know, make, make really hard saves look, you know, fairly easy on the doorstep. They're not saves that are made a lot. And he does that. And, you know, he's been known to steal the game with a couple insane saves. And, um, you know, you move on with another young buck, Timmy Troutner, your goalie. And for me, what sticks out about Timmy is, um, he, he's pretty confident for, you know, his, his place in the league, you know, he's a second year guy and, um, you can hear his confidence in his voice. And, you know, I know that he, he, he likes to talk his stuff during the game and, you know, as a goalie, <laughs> as a goalie, that's one of the hardest things to do, man, because you can talk for 45 minutes straight, but as soon as one guy scores on you, man, you're getting it back. So his confidence is great. Um, John Galloway, you know, special to my heart, someone that I learned so much from grew up idolizing. Um, I think just his competitive nature, um, his fiery nature, he's been in the league so long and you can just tell that he wants to win at all costs. And, you know, he's, he's emotional when he plays and that emotion, you know, definitely goes through his team, which is, you know, great for, for him. Um, and then you move on to, uh, the duo between Gittleman and, um, Adams. And I think Gittleman's great around the crease and he's a lot like me in the fact that he focuses a lot on his stick skills and his outlets are great. And he'll beat a guy to the end line, you know, a one-on-one race to get his team the ball and, he'll dive outside of his crease and make a big check to get his team the ball. So um, what he does there. And then, you know, Drew plays a unique style, man. He stands up, he's long, he's lengthy. He doesn't give shooters a lot to shoot at. And um, he's come up pretty big in some pretty big moments. Um, And then he moved down to uh, the water dogs and um, sip, you know, has been doing a long time. And I think he's just someone that, you know, has been through it all. Um, he's been in big games and he's logged a lot of minutes and he's just steady in that net. You know, you look back and you can have confidence knowing that he's been through every situation and has seen every situation. Um, and then am I missing anyone? Um, no, I think, uh, yeah, I think we got everyone. Um, yeah, yeah. But you know, at the end of the day, I'm going to keep, I sound like a broken record, but I'm going to until people realize, but, I respect all those guys and, you know, they're all, we all communicate after the game and tell each other, you know, great game and keep up the good work. And, you know, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird, weird world because you also have, you have two goalies on every team. So you communicate with those guys. There's a lot that goes on mentally, you know, it's, it's a mentally straining position. So uh, not if you don't play the position, you can't really connect on the same level as someone that does. So Mm -hmm. it's nice to have those outlets with guys like that, where you can, you know, speak to them and, you know, they can give you advice and I'll always give advice to these guys and want the best from them and, you know, congratulate them on their success and stuff. So our goalie community is, you know, really tight and 
you know, I'm grateful for that. There's only, you know, 14 guys in the league and soon to be 16, but that's not a lot of, that's not a lot of goalies compared to every other position. Yeah. Who, who do you think is coming over from the MLL and going to really step into a starting role and for Boston? Yeah, I think, you know, Scannone's done himself a good job. He's back to back goalie of the year in the MLL. And um, I think he's stolen a couple shows and he's a young guy with a lot of potential. So I see him coming over and, you know, making an impact. And then um, I know Nick Morocco's, you know, just won him a championship and he's been great for that organization. And he's, you know, started a lot of games for them. So I can see them, you know, being consistent with him. So I can see those two guys coming over and, you know, trying to battle out for a starting spot. Yeah, definitely. I know um, I, I played Scannone in, in college a little bit. He's, he's pretty solid. Um, I know he's, he's definitely improved at the pro level um, going back to back with goal of the year over there. And then Morocco, I've only heard good things about him. Never gotten the opportunity to play against him. Um, but I know you, you mentioned a little bit about kind of the, the mental side and, and, you know, being strong on the net um, and also a little bit about, you know, what it's like to be chirping and, and having guys in your ear and what that does. Can, can you talk to me a little bit about, you know, what was going on with the Gaudette situation when, when that kind of ran down? I know I talked to Byrne a little bit about it from his perspective, him being attackman on the other side. But um, I know you is a, is a strong, um, you know, just strong minded, strong personality. Uh, I know that that's not some shit that you take lightly um, with, with people kind of disrespecting you like that. I know that's definitely something that you handled in, in your own capacity. So could you just talk a little bit about how you went about that, how you, you know, rebounded from it and, and what, what it kind of did to spark you for the rest of the tournament? Yeah, so um, it was a unique situation. And, you know, you play in the league and you've been around me to know enough. And, you know, I'm not much of a junk talker. I don't talk my I don't talk shit. I mean, I'll let you know if you throw one at my stick you know, I'll say thank you. That's part of it. Listen, I'm not soft stuff said during the game and that's part of it. And ultimately, like I said, it, he, he did his job. He got me frustrated. I had a bad game. I was off my game and that was, that's kudos to him. He was chirping me from the time he stepped on that field to the time the game was over. But um, for me, the part that I found extremely disrespectful was when he went on live air with Ryan Boyle and he's a rookie in our league, one game rookie, um, you know, that has two goals to his name that hasn't really proven himself. And there's a bunch of kids watching. And for me, it's, it's the league's job. It's the league's job to promote, you know, stuff that happens on its own and it can bring, you know, views to the league and, you know, people can share it because they think it's funny or it's unique. And, you know, it's a story. There's, there's no, no such thing as bad media. That's the saying, but for a player, you know, for me, I'm personally trying to set a good, you know, I'm trying to be a good role model for the kids and going on live air when everyone's watching and standing next to the guy that just won goalie of the year and has put a lot of miles in, in this league and has done a lot for this game to come up and, you know, shit talk me and tell me I'm a sorry ass goalie and be standing next to me while he's doing it, you know, that's kind of where he crossed the line. And my friends and family are watching the game. And, you know, I just found it extremely disrespectful. Um, and, you know, I I, I I didn't make a big deal about it. I waited for him to get back to the hotel. And he's a rookie. And, you know, I've learned a lot of lessons through my life. And I'm not perfect, but I explained to him. And I did it like a man should do. Everything's done behind the keyboard nowadays. And I looked him in the eyes and I explained to him that, I found that extremely disrespectful and that it's unprofessional to do that. When he went on live air, I said, you can talk all you want during the game. You got me a couple of times, talk your shit. But I was like, when you go on live air and you're representing this game 
and and you know you're representing yourself i said you made yourself look like a clown and he wasn't really looking me in the eyes when i was talking to him and i asked him to look me in the eyes like a man and um i told him you know i i, I respect your game i wish you all the best and i explained to him i said but at the end of the day um if if you continue to disrespect me in a way that i felt after that game then then the game's not going to matter as much to me um you know it's going to be a little more personal and we shook yeah. hands and um walked on from it and and that was that and you know there's nothing against him he's not a bad person to use some words and there's yeah. you know you grow up with the same sticks and stones might break your bones but names will never hurt you but you know rookies need to learn some respect you know put some respect on these older guys names and um you see it a lot so it was a learning lesson for him and um you know what goes around comes around we got the opportunity to get my revenge and um we send him home packing you know Attaboy. he was able to he was able to talk his shit through the tv at me while i was playing you know for a championship so that's that is what it is and it was great to see you know all the guys step up for me you know a lot of guys in the league were vocal about that and um i think that's a respect thing you know i didn't ask guys to reach out for me and speak their opinions and guys from every team seem to you know and even the nll seem to have my back which is great and i think that just comes down to you know people respecting who i am and knowing how i represent myself and the type of teammate and player i am so you know that means more to me than you know some some seven goal goal scorer you know talking shit on me <laughs> yeah no i feel that much respect to you i appreciate how you handled that um you know i think people are quick to go to twitter I know just, you know, the way I grew up, my dad, he always told me, you know, if you're going to say some shit, you got to be ready to take a beating. And, you know, I, I kind of grew up like that. If I was going to say something, especially with my older brothers around and just kind of being one of the younger, smaller guys, I, I knew that I was, I was in for one, if, if I was going to run my mouth and you know, would pick and choose my spots. But um, I think that kind of gets lost a little bit today with the social media side of things, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Um, and I know you kind of mentioned the NLL a little bit. Uh, it's kind of crazy. I didn't know how, you know, skilled you were as a player in indoor. I only knew you as a goalie at Albany and then kind of getting to the pro level. Honestly, didn't know the level of goal you were, which I, I think is, is large in part to the media side of it and kind of the MLL. Um, but then I found out that you're also, you know, uh, a 30 plus goal scorer in the box, um, which speaks volumes about your game, the, the ability for you to do both at the highest level. Um, could you talk a little bit about how you got started in the box um, what it's been able to do for you as a player and, and kind of how you, you know, look at your, your duality and split between being a field player and a box player on the offensive side. Yeah. Um, you know, I grew up, I, I grew up with a stick in my hand. I started playing this game when I was four years old and it started off with a short stick and, you know, my dad was my coach and some things came about it where, you know, I broke our goalie's hand when I was in like fourth grade. And my dad said, since, you know, I did it, I got to hop in that. And I hopped in that and, I didn't love it. I don't remember loving it at first, but it was just something that came extremely natural to me. And, you know, with teaching young kids, you know, being on the other side of it and being the coach nowadays, you can see kids at that age that just have natural gifted ability. And it's, you don't find it very often. It's a unique position. And I had that. And throughout my career, I always, you know, kind of went back and forth from playing attack and goalie and the recruiting process came around and, you know, I, I had a, a better future at goalie, but always during the summer, we would have two goalies. So when I wasn't playing goalie during the half, I'd go and play attack. So it's something I always did. And then um, it's funny because Coach Mar at Albany actually recruited me while he saw me playing attack. 
and he offered me a spot on man up. He's like, Hey, you want to be, you know, your hands are unreal. You got a great shot. Um, we think you could do a great job on our man up, you know, and earn a spot somewhere else. And I explained to him that I was actually a goalie and he laughed and, <laughs> you know, everything's full circle, man. I, I'm a full, firm believer in full circle. It's in my logo. There's a big circle around it. And I grew up idolizing Brett Queener. And Brett Queener was also someone that went to Albany, started as a goalie, played on man up, and then went and played in the NLL as a transition player. And Coach Mar, Coach Mar offered me that. And I took it. And my freshman year, I was playing man up. I was the starting goalie. And getting to know the Thompson so well, they're like, hey, man, you got to come up and try some box across this summer. So my freshman year summer, I went up and played junior B box across on uh, the Akwazusne Mohawk Reservation, and I fell in love with it, and I wasn't very good. And then you fast forward two years, and um, I win a junior B championship, a Founders Cup, and I make the USA, you know, indoor team, and I'm the only collegiate kid on the team, and I'm a goalie, a collegiate goalie playing offense you know, on Team USA. And um, that year was huge for me, you know, playing against all pros, being in a pro locker room. I was still only a junior in college. You know, I was named captain. And the experience and the knowledge that I brought from, you know, that week around those guys really excelled and gave me the confidence, to, you know, to tell me, hey, you can do this. And, you know, a lot of time was spent in the weight room and a lot of summers traveling up to Canada, you know, to get where I got. And my rookie year comes around and uh, I have a big draft party. Um, I, I was thought to be drafted out of, you know, out of college. I, I, I had the resume. I have a, a party, an NLL draft party, and, you know, the whole draft goes through and my name wasn't called, and I was devastated. And it was like the first time in my lacrosse career that I was really facing a lot of adversity. Mm -hmm. And I, I took it out on the weights and I took it out on the corners, and it got me to a spot where I was able to, go to an open tryout with the Buffalo bandits where I competed against 11 other lefties for one spot. And I earned that spot and I earned it on the practice roster. And by the time our first came, our first game came around, um, the guy that was in front of me was having a kid. And here I am in Buffalo, New York, an hour away from where I grew up. They average about 15,000 fans. And two nights before I find out that I'm getting moved into the roster spot and, you know, okay. get my opportunity to play and, you went through that with San Diego a little bit last year. You know, you know, that, 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 that line that it's not, it's a grind, man. And you got to mm -hmm. earn every minute you play in that league and being an American that didn't grow up around box across, you know, and, you know, still, you know, learning to use your athletic ability in the correct ways. And, you know, the, the way the game's played and, you know, finding that craft that, you know, maybe doesn't always come supernatural to us to get those minutes and I was able to log about nine games and um, I won rookie of the year through our team awards. And the next year I come around and had an awesome preseason and they, you know, they told me, Hey, we're not going to keep you this year. We don't have enough, you know, roster spots, stuff like that. They brought in a couple of rookies. So I was out of a job um, for a whole year. I continued to train, went and played in the arena lacrosse league in Canada would drive four and a half hours through the winter and, in my little Jetta, you know, wind pushing me everywhere um, to go and play in these games that had about three fans and won a championship and got MVP and got so much better. And it landed me on the Philadelphia wings two years ago. Um, and from there, I never looked back. You know, I, 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 I went over the hump. I took the, I took, I got the confidence that I needed and, 
Um, Matt Rambo came around, never played the game before. We start living together. We start, you know, becoming best friends. And next thing you know, our chemistry on the field, you know, was it was like we we're we we're meant to be together. You know, we play off each other so well, and um, we've had some pretty good success over these last two years. And you know, I'm always eager to prove myself in that aspect too. I don't want to be known as you know during boxes, and I want to be known as a forward, not a goalie that plays forward. And in order to do that, I need to make a name for myself. And you know, I'm going to continue to do that. That's fucking dope. I, I appreciate you sharing that journey. I think that sure. that's something. You know, not a lot of people would have would have been privy to, and it, it kind of just shows the process and, and the grind and what it really takes to, you know, to excel at this level. And you know, you bring up Rambo and living with him. Um, what's one thing that no one would know about Rambo that only you would know as his roommate? Um, he's the best lip reader that that you'll ever meet. He has <laughs> he's he has trouble. Like he listens to his music on full blast all the time. You have to talk to him extremely loud. But you could mouth off a, a paragraph, a legit three-sentence three paragraph, and he'll know word for word what you're saying. And that's, it's, it's insane. And he also, he also loves Frank Sinatra. I could, I could see that. Um, I don't know where the lip reading stuff came from, but Frank Sinatra I definitely could see. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, you know, as a player – in both leagues now, you know, playing box, playing field. Um, outside, I played with you in the All-Star game, and yeah, I gave you a little dish on that backdoor cut. And I was like, this is fucking dope. Are we ever going to see you get out there on the offensive side uh, in the PLL? Listen, I'm a team player, and, you know, it, it doesn't take much. I didn't even, I, I didn't even know I was going to be playing offense in that All-Star game, and coach gave me the, the opportunity. He said we needed someone. I grabbed someone's stick off the shelf. I stole someone's elbow pads and I put on some shorts and I went out there and played. I'm always, you know, I'm one of those guys that are willing to do anything for my team. And I believe I'm one of the most versatile players, um, you know, that th that's in the game right now. You know, I, I have the ability to play attack and I have the ability, you know, to play goalie and, you know, my compete level and my skill set. You know, I think I could be used, you know, in a lot of spots on the field and, um, you know, athletically for a big guy, um, I think my biggest element is surprise. You know, people don't really expect that. And, you know, when you when you catch him with 235 pounds of shoulder into him and then, you know, got a, got a quick step, it makes it a hard guard. So if at any time I'm needed, I'd, I'd love to go out there and, you know, help my team in any way possible. I hear that. I, I'd definitely like to see that one day. And, yeah. you know, you got, you got uh, um, Dylan Ward backing you up in the goal yeah. right now um what what's that like everyone talks about you know on twitter trade ward you know this and that like i've never seen him him play before uh is it is he the goalie that everyone talks about should he be starting an appeal roster right now and, and kind of how's that dynamic with you too yeah 100 percent. you know my jerk you know it started off last year i was going up against charlie cipriano you know for a starting spot i was a backup in the mlo for three years he was a starter i earned that spot you know, get goalie of the year, and then in comes Dylan Ward, you know, brings Team Canada to a gold medal, you know, wins MLL championships, has a resume, and here I am at training camp, you know, fighting to earn my spot again. And and we looked at each other at, after training camp. I'll never forget the moment, and I'll say, I say, we, we would have had to have let in less than 40 goals this entire training camp between us two. I was like, I was like, that's how you, that's how you, you Dylan's a, a jokester. He was like, 
that's because you were referred to as nut minders. He's like, that's how you mind the nut right there. He's like, <laughs> that's good nut minding. And the, and, and it was true. Like, you know, he, he's, he's one of those guys that has a unique style and his resume speaks for itself. And he's definitely a starter in this league. And, you know, it's always in the back of my ear, you know, knowing, you know, what people are saying, even especially after I had that first bad game, Oh, put warden, put warden. So, um, he was nothing but he was nothing but a great teammate to me. He gave me all the confidence I needed, and he was always there for me. And we have a great relationship. But um, I think he was able to, you know, knowing that he was behind me helped push me, you know, to not be complacent and to know that my game has to take the next step or it's going to be gone. My job's going to be gone. So um, all respect to him, and I'm excited to see what his future holds. Yeah, I know with the expansion of the league, there's there's going to be more opportunities that are going to keep rising. You know, no surprise, next team comes up there. There might be a new, you know, player in, in each position that that really is at the top of their game, um, just because there is so many so many talented players out there. Um, and I know we touched on it a little bit earlier. You know, with what the the positions I've been able to do, the face off position, you know, the ex attackman. Now you as a goalie and someone that's starting to build off the field and, and, and take your brand a little bit more seriously. Can you talk a little bit about the things and the ventures that you're investing your time into, you know, as a professional um, playing at the highest level right now? Yep. So um, I was lucky enough that my dad always, you know, brought me around the game. I was a Nighthawk season ticket holder. And um, one of his best friends was, was Tim Sudan, who, you know, is a Fairport legend. He was a phys ed teacher. He was my high school coach. He was team USA, NLL, MLL. So, I remember the impact that, you know, being around those guys, just them, you know, giving me some knocks or saying what's up, the impact it had on my life, you know, and, and what it did for me. And I want to, you know, it's only fair that I do that for other kids. So, you know, my, my goal ultimately is to leave the game in better hands than, you know, I got it. And um, it, it's, you can see it happen. I can see it happening in front of my eyes. And, you know, I want to, I want to get my face in front of as many lacrosse players this world has to offer. And I do that by traveling. You know, I've been to about 29 states since I've graduated teaching this game, having fun, putting smiles on kids' faces. And um, I just want to provide an opportunity. I knew what this game, you know, means to me. And not everyone can see it on that same level. Um, but, you know, through the hard times of my life, lacrosse has always been a consistent love of mine that, you know, allows me to be who I am. And it's kind of like my identity at this point in my life. And um, I transitioned it into, uh, you know, now I'm, I'm focused. I just started on my own little lacrosse brand. Um, it's called BR10 Lacrosse. And I have two teams. I have a Bantam box across team and a Peewee box across team in the Philadelphia area. And um, we preach, you know, real box and the format is based off of, you know, what I went through um, in my NLL seasons, practice-wise, we don't do field drills. Um, we don't switch hands. Everyone's properly equipped. We cross-check. They learn the pick and roll. Um, they learn the in and outs of the box game because, um, as you can see, in Division One lacrosse, the amount of Canadians and you know Iroquois players and you know what's happening in the world games and the field world lacrosse games, where you know it's Canada's knocking at the door every year and it's give or take. And I think a big product of that is box lacrosse. So. Um, not only do I want to spread the game, I'm also, you know, trying to to leave people in a position to be successful. And I think you can do that through, you know, uh, devoting some of your time 
rather than traveling around in the fall playing in cold field lacrosse tournaments to getting inside the box and learning those games and using them to translate. So a lot of my focus has been on that and um, it's been a great success thus far. So I'm excited to keep it rolling. And then um, recently me and Kyle um, created a goalie specific training camp called the Apex 350 event. And right now we have 185 goalies signed up with a 200 goalie um, cap and it's invite only. And um, it's, it's going to be the largest goalie lacrosse event to ever be, you know, put on and it's going to be a huge recruiting tool for these kids. And, um, you know, some of the stuff that we have lined up and the, the positions that we're going to put these kids in is going to be, you know, the gateway for these kids to be seen by college coaches and, you know, to give college coaches a break because, um, you know, more times than not nowadays, you see uh, a face-off coach on a staff rather than a goalie coach. So, um, mm. you know, being able to provide these coaches who maybe not be as knowledgeable about the goalie position with our myself and Kyle's insight, I think is going to be, you know, huge for, for these kids and give them an opportunity. So I'm um, just putting goalies in a position to be seen and be successful. And um, I'm excited about that business venture as well. Oh yeah. That, that's real shit. I think uh, a lot of people forget, you know, kind of along the way that those one or two or three people that, that kind of were able to be a mentor for you and it kind of changed the trajectory of your career. And I'm aligned with you and, and I definitely remember and recall those people vividly and know how much of an impact that I can have on, you know, one of those next generation of guys, um, you know, even if it's just one player, you know, you never know what you say, how you might influence them, you know, how, how they look up to you and, and being able to change the trajectory of a kid's life is, is pretty powerful. Um, and then you mentioned that the apex stuff, what's, um, what's the differentiator for you with that? What's, what's the reason if I'm a young goalie right now, why Kyle um, and blaze and, and why should I go to that instead of the next thing? Yeah, so what's unique about, um, you know, what we're putting on is that it's goalie specific and um, it kind of goes off the outline of what the faceoff guys are doing with the faceoff academy and how they're able to, um, you know, compete to, to um, you know, deem winners in each grade. And those winners, when you're going against, you know, invite only guys that have high resumes, you know, the, 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 it really, you know, all, it shows who's the best and for us. Um, the first day is going to be all drilling. It's all goalies. We're bringing in a ton of pro shooters. Um, so it's going to be the best shooters in the world to give you the most realistic looks. I, I didn't get um, the invite. <laughs> invites aren't out yet. Maybe. <laughs> it's like now seven and in. I can't. I can't. Uh, uh, dip and dunk. You've seen it too many times. I've been on the wrong end of that stick too many times. I, I'm not inviting people that score on me a lot. Uh, that's, that's not what we're here for. But um all day Saturday is going to be drilling. Um, me and Kyle have a plethora of drills, but Sunday is going to be unique in that we have a ton of filmers out there and we're going to be doing it, um, you know, one-on-one -on -one style where there's going to be a goal, two goals, 40 yards apart and a shooter in the middle um, with 40 lacrosse balls and each goalie is going to get 20 shots. So the shooter is going to pick up a ball, look at one goalie, dodge down the right-hand alley, take a shot. Whether he scores, misses, or it's a save, it gets put up on, you know, marked. And by the end of those 20 shots, um, someone's going to be deemed the winner. And um, it, I think it's the best way, you know, the best, um, you know, formula to find because one, you're putting them in high pressure situations. It's a one-on-one -on -one competition. Two, um, it's, there's only two positions in the sport that, you know, you really 
based performance off a of percentage, and that's goaltending and faceoff. So it will give you a percentage at the end of those shots. Um, and then by bringing in the best shooters in the world, you know, the PLL guys, it, it decreases your, your chance for, you know, missed shots and stuff like that. So we're really finding the best baseline for these kids um, to deem them a winner. And then on top of that, um, we're going to have a midfielder attackman and a step-down shooter, you know, at about 10 cages. And there's going to be um, film guys. And these goalies are going to be put through game-like shots for about 10 minutes where they'll be filmed and evaluated by myself and Kyle. And they'll be um, ranked with a star. And right now, if you go on uh, Apex Across on Instagram, there's been some rankings already coming out. And these rankings are obviously based off highlight tapes and, you know, what me and Kyle are looking for. But um, I think we have a unique uh, curriculum and, you know, the right minds and, um, you know, Apex has provided us, we partnered with Apex to provide us, you know, 64 lacrosse goals and every lacrosse ball in the world we need. And, you know, we have all the materials now. So um, I think it's going to be a world-class event. Um, knowing Kyle and the type of businessman and competitor he is and, you know, knowing what I've been able to build these last few years, um, it's a recipe for a lot of success. And I'm excited for our inaugural season or our inaugural uh, showcase. And as I mentioned, um, you know, capping it at 200 and we already set the record for biggest lacrosse goalie showcase this world's ever seen. And this is only year one. So, you know, check out Apex 350. It's going to be going to be legit fuck yeah man i'm excited that that just fired me up hearing about that the uh the things you guys are doing i think are different and i know you're you're a leader in the space and so is kyle so i'm excited to to see you guys kind of keep growing but um you know blaze you're a real one man i appreciate you hopping all of me this, this is great and and i always respect you know what you're doing in the sport and, and your opinion and how you carry yourself so really want to thank you for for getting on here and keeping it real yeah for sure and i say it a lot and it's cliche and i say real recognizes real but you know, to be able to hop on somewhere on this with someone like yourself and, you know, the way you represent yourself, you know, I talk about respect and, you know, you had a hard, you know, you had a hard um, season last year with everything that went on and, you know, what you're doing for your people in your game, this game and your team and, you know, your business, um, everything you do, you do it with a ton of passion and you do it with pride and you do it for the right, right reasons and, you know, nothing but respect goes out to you and, I appreciate everything, you know, our friendship and our, our competitive ship. And I always give you that next before the game, but I like for 48 minutes that, you know, we can, we, we can have that compete and I want the best of you and you want the best of me. And, you know, that brings out the best in us. And um, we got a lot of time in this game and uh, I look forward to growing with you and competing with you and, you know, eventually linking up down the road, maybe for a little mission primed and uh, apex 350, uh see what your shooters are all about <laughs> all right well man i appreciate right. that uh i'll see you on the field soon sounds good enjoy the holidays brother all right buddy you too see you that is it for this week's episode of unbuckled if you enjoyed it please make sure you subscribe and rate the podcast you can head over to instagram and follow blaze at blaze reardon 10 also hit him on twitter at br reardon 10 catch y'all next week with our next guest Eric Law. Mm.